Not a matter of if, but when crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. Today, a little twist from our usual format. We dive into a current event with new plot twists every day. Fresh off the first GOP debate of the 2024 presidential election cycle, we look at players who were there as well as a key person who was not, Donald Trump. Four indictments during the course of just over four months face the former president as he is the front runner in the polls. As for the first GOP debate, a pre-taped interview with Tucker Carlson dropped on social platform X minutes before Trump's competitors took the stage. The situation really calls for lobbyist and our regular contributor, Amy Koch. Her background includes intelligence work in the U.S. Air Force, business ownership, and politics. Notably, Amy became the first woman to gain the title of Minnesota Senate Majority Leader in 2011. She also co-hosts Wrong About Everything, a podcast with a bipartisan take on politics. Amy's here to get into the case file I call the Trump card. Amy, I kind of feel like we are living in an alternate reality. You're, I think you are far from alone, Roshini. <laughs> Honestly, I think that everybody always asks me, well, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, this, we are in so, we are so off the map of uncharted territory. Who even, who can possibly guess it? No one. It is stranger than fiction. And, yes. you know, it almost seems like during the presidency of Donald Trump, Everything, you know, layers, different things happened. And again, I'm definitely a centrist. And I would say I can find reason to criticize and compliment uh, right now, criticize both parties, because I'm not sure either party really has a handle on the pulse of the country. But let's start with this very unprecedented charges against a former president has never happened in the more than 200-year history of the United States. How bad is that going into this presidential cycle? Well, well, we, it remains to be seen because, you know, Trump impeached twice, four different indictments across states, um, and, and it hasn't really affected his polling in the Republican primary. A couple things for folks to think about. One, I think that um, the Democrats bear a part of this, right? They go after Trump for everything instead of sort of picking, not even Democrats, right? Even even um, prosecutors in this case, when we're talking about indictments, right? So the Democrats indict or impeach Trump for the Russian collusion situation, which, right, has really kind of been found out to be nothing there there. And so by going after him for that, when there was an impeachment trial for January 6th, which there was a mountain of evidence, um, you know, not just the crowd, but that the president sat on his hands. And I, you know, I followed the hearings closely. Um, there was so much there, but but it was so easy for him to say, it's just a witch hunt. They just keep going after me for everything. Same thing with the indictments. He's been indicted. Uh, the first one to come out of the gate, which, oh my gosh, it's historic, a former president indicted, was Stormy Daniels, right? And, and that's I think so strange for hush money, allegedly. Right. I mean, that was really a weird case out of New York. And I, it's going to be interesting what happens with that one. I agree. and But I think that a lot of people go, oh, he lied and covered up about a sexual affair. 
who wouldn't, right? It was kind of like the Bill Clinton thing, right? Oh, he's lying about affairs or he per- even perjury. He's like, oh, he perjured himself uh, self about a, an affair. No kidding. Um, and so I, so I think that there are some very serious charges um, here, right? I think the January 6th charges um, have some merit. And I think this Georgia, the renewal, you know, the RICO stuff, um, the election things have a lot of merit. But when you sort of pile everything on, and again, you sort of start with something that I think most people would go, it just, it feels, then it's very easy for the former president to say, see, they just, they're after me for literally everything. Um, And particularly when you've got sort of the Hunter Biden stuff swirling, where there's a lot of questions about not just what Hunter Biden did, um, the son of the the current president, but what was the president's involvement in that? And, And we keep sort of seeing this expanding. Well, I didn't have anything to do with that. I never was on a phone call. Okay, well, I was on phone calls, but I didn't say anything. Okay, I was on phone calls, but I said something, but you know, so like it, it, it allows Trump to message. And of course, as we all know, he is sort of the master on that. Um, well, and so and it, the it's thing is, right? He's you, excellent at it. And also I think there's been like so much thrown at him. Right. And as you point out some of that, all the pylon, and then you also remind us of what's happening on the Biden side, it does sometimes seem like there are some double standards going on. What I would like to see from the journalistic press, of which I am formerly a part when I was a TV news reporter, is that they try to be as objective as possible and treat everyone the same. And you know, again, I'm not going to criticize the press for going one way or the other. I just want them to remember their duty, which is to root out the truth. The other piece of this, which really gets to more the optics and the precedential nature, like this is the first time something like this, these charges, just because there are charges doesn't mean there will be a conviction, but we're already seeing trial dates getting set for later 2023 and early 2024. Certainly craziness while all of these candidates are also campaigning on the presidential train uh, trail. So the question is, do we as a nation really want to see a former president on trial that i mean i'm not saying anyone's above the law but that is a real shock to the system what do you think the collateral damage could be to the us over the coming decades right i think we're we're already experiencing that right and this is and this is where i would go to a former president and i would say you if you love this country so much that you wanted to serve Ask yourself if you are truly in the right position to be president or to even run for president at this time. You know, I myself, and we've talked about this a little bit, have a background that is not perfect. I've had some mistakes. I stepped down from while my you were in office. That became while public. I was in office right. as right. a Senate Majority Leader, and I've had many people say to me, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have stayed." Da, 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 da. You know, for the good of me. And for the good of the state of Minnesota and for the people I represented, I stepped down. Sometimes a leader has to know when to walk away. Um, and there has already been so much division, right? And and you see these other presidential candidates and they're in this weird position because they have to sort of defend. If, I mean, if any other presidential candidate had been indicted, they'd be done. Right. Let's say Nikki Haley received indictments. She'd be done. She'd be out. And by the way, I think she did a great job last night. Um, Hooray, Nikki. 
Um, but in the GOP debate, in the GOP debate, outstanding. Uh, sorry about that. I will be announcing later. Um, but but anybody else would have, you know, been excoriated by their counterparts. Yes, Chris Christie's uh, getting in there. Yes, I think there were a couple of candidates that pointed it out. But ultimately, in the end, then they get questioned. Well, would you support him even if he's, you know, even though he's been four times indicted? And they all agreed in in this debate that they would support him. It's just. And so how do you ever make progress or how do you ever have any progress on, on even having that conversation with someone that he, as a leader should step down when he, he seemingly has support from his opponents? It's just bizarre to me. Well, and then that's when I get to the piece as a licensed attorney, really caring about what the law means. When there's actually a statute and when it is a crime, there are elements of a crime that need to be proved in a court of law law. So what I think happens when certain things start getting tried in the media is you don't have the rules of evidence at your disposal. You don't, the the regular public isn't thinking about all of those rules that actually apply when you are in a court proceeding after you have been charged with a crime. And this is what I get concerned about. The moment we start getting lackadaisical about evidence and process and what actually needs to be proven out before you can convict someone, then we are all screwed, Amy. We're all screwed because it means anyone can just accuse you of something. And, you know, even if it's just your reputation is damaged and you don't get convicted in court, it's still a really bad precedent. So that kind of gets at when you're saying all the other can candidates at that first GOP debate are saying they'd still support him if he gets the nomination. One, they believe in the GOP nomination. And two, they seem to be a little suspicious of about all the charges. About all the charges. You know, I so I think there's a question, there's a there's a few things that you just point out there, right? It's questioning the judicial system, it's questioning the justice system. We already have so many people questioning uh, the our elections. We already have so many people questioning our media, which used to be the fourth, you know, it was the fourth uh, institution. It was fourth keeping state. all the yeah. other, right? The fourth, it was keeping everyone else in line. The media is so important and it's so important that they're impartial because they need to go into the city council meetings and the county board meetings and the state legislatures and Congress. And they need to have an unbiased, unjaded picture of what is going on so that we can see because none of us can follow it as closely as that. And, and they're so they're so integral to our system, but then have people questioning it. And I just see this as like a continued de- degradation of our institutions. And again, in that way, at some point, our leader, former President Trump, President Joe Biden, members of Congress and the Senate, somebody needs to stand up and say to the American people, this is not acceptable. It's not acceptable on either side. We need to clean up the system. Um, what I wish is that some, integrity. Restore that integrity. What I wish is that someone within each party would stand up to both Donald Trump and Joe Biden and say, look, your time has come and passed. You've served as president. You had your four years. Get off the stage. Do your own thing. Have another stage. And why don't you work on the succession planning of the leaders who are going to come after you? Because there has to be some sort of self-sacrifice and selflessness, not selfishness, when you are a leader. 
that that is the whole point of it, correct? Or it's supposed to be, whether you're a public servant. And I think that, again, most of America agrees with you, Rashini. I think most of America looks around and goes, 350 million people, and these are the two that we're going to have on the ballot again, again, four years later. Um, and this is it. This is this is what it all comes down to. I think most people did not vote for President Biden. I think most voted against President Trump. Um, I, I don't think that there was, I don't know a lot of folks that were out there. Woo, Joe Biden is absolutely my guy. Uh, it was mostly an anti-Trump vote. And and so then this is this is what we're left with. And again, four years later, the same, that's the same choice that's going to be left to us. It's um, its disillusioning, it's disappointing, um, and it does degrade our faith in all of our institutions. We need let's leaders. Talk, let's talk a little bit about that whole, in general, the debate stage and the debates that are set to come. So on August 23rd, we saw the first GOP debate. Eight candidates were there. Donald Trump decided not to be there. He was interviewed ahead of time, so a pre-taped interview with Tucker Carlson, dropped on the platform now called X, minutes before the other candidates were to take the stage. I watched that. I was kind of watching it during the commercials, and then I went back and went. But it, it wasn't like there was all this new stuff on there. It was kind of a rehashing, almost a uh, response to what's happening to Donald Trump right now. So moving ahead, because I don't know that anyone really won the first GOP debate of the eight that were on the stage. I think a couple few of them had some moments. You saw some energy. Nikki Haley showed that she does have a grasp of policy, although I would have preferred her deliver delivery to be a little calmer. Chris Christie had a very conversational, comfortable uh, energetic and confident delivery, but I think he also has his own baggage going on. And then Ron DeSantis, who everyone was saying, hey, is he going to close the gap between himself as number two and Trump as number one in the polls? He was really angry. I mean, he actually, if you could just close your eyes and not watch him and listen to what he said, he had some good things to say, but his delivery wasn't great. So moving forward, Give advice to our listeners about what they should be watching in the debates that are ahead. And how do any of these people even stand out and break through the noise? Right. Well, first of all, you know, so Donald Trump made, I would say, the right call as a political advisor by not being on the stage. He's 40 points ahead. Uh, all that can happen on the stage is that he says something ridiculous because he cannot fully control the questions or the statements that are going to be said around or him. Or himself sometimes. Or himself sometimes, right. There's, there's no controlling it, right? So you're better off opting out, having a, like you said, a safe. Did anybody watch that? Did anybody glean anything out of it? No, I did. I, I watched bits and pieces of it, but I knew that it was going to be nothing of substance, nothing new. But, but the last time I checked oh. the numbers on that, Amy, uh, on that X platform, that pre-taped interview about 46 minutes long had 79 million views. Now, I don't know if people watched the whole thing, but it did clock 79 million. Sure. And I think that always with Trump, there's there's that, right? Because you're always, what is he going to say? But I, certainly he didn't make any news. He didn't have any sound bites. There was nothing, there was nothing fresh with that interview. Nothing it was fresh, fresh or what he's going to do for the country necessarily moving on. In fact, it was almost entirely about him. Everything was about really him and Jeffrey Epstein. And I mean, it was this, it was a very strange, bizarre interview that didn't do anything, but it was the safe play. It was the right play for the Trump camp. Um, the person that then had to lose was Ron DeSantis. And in my estimation, he did. And so he's got to figure out how to recover from that. Because since he was in second place, he's about 
15, seven to 17 points uh, in the polling, then it's sort of like everybody's eyes are on him and the expectations were high. What I found very interesting, and the other candidates are going to have to think about this, there wasn't a lot of stones being thrown at DeSantis or questioning of his his leadership in Florida. Almost none. In fact, and this happened because the debate was, this first debate was formulated, and of course, how the debate is um, how the debate rules are uh, will matter. In the next one, who will be allowed on the stage is going to be a question. What kind of questions are they going to get? In this one, if your name was mentioned, you got 30 seconds to rebut. And so that was uh, really interesting, actually. Wasn't that interesting? That was so interesting to me. And so then what happened is a bunch of people, uh, because he kind of came out feisty, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, uh, was mentioned a, a multitude of times. And he came out with a lot of fire and a lot of energy. He's a new face. He's a young face. He, ha- he I, you know, if I have to pick winners, I think that Nikki Haley really did what she needed to do, which was elevate her position. She'd been, I've seen Nikki speak. I've been, um, actually, I, I like her, but I've been less than impressed. I was impressed last night. But Vivek did what he needed to do, which is, I think you're, and I predict this, I'm going to call it here, and then you're going to call me later and see if I was right. I predict that he's going to take over the DeSantis votes at a minimum. Do you I think that- he will be a number two after Donald Trump? I actually believe so. I believe so. I think that's what we're going to we're going to start to see in the polling. Um, and so then then when he becomes the front runner, if Donald Trump continues to, to be out of the debates, what is his team going to do to maintain that lead and to start to cut into Donald Trump's lead? Because in the end, it doesn't matter if he's got 15 to 16 percent and gets all of DeSantis's or he keeps his 5 percent and, and gets 15 from DeSantis. He's still a distant second. So so not only what is he going to do to take that over and maintain that lead, but how are you going to catch that front runner if you know if at all? So let's talk about the Democrats for a moment. Uh, so help our our uh, viewers and listeners understand what should the Democrats be doing from a strategy standpoint? Because it does appear that Joe Biden is their candidate. It really does. And I'm I'm surprised as anyone is just as I'm su- kind of surprised that Donald Trump's still on the ballot. Um, it's I'm very surprised that uh, the president did not step aside. I just I think four years has been very long and hard on him. Um, and it's time. I really feel like he's it's time for him to kind Amy, of to me as an executive coach that Joe Biden didn't step aside is the ultimate downfall and the biggest showing of his lack of leadership. Uh, it is have, really hard for me to have respect that he does not understand his own capacities or incapacities uh, and believes that he's in any kind of condition to lead the American people. I I I just agree. And it's not I, it's just it's about the, the the difficulty of that job. It's about his how it's sort of his capacities going in that I believe have diminished since he's been in there and no surprise, right? You see a young president like a President Obama or a George W. Bush and they go in and they got beautiful brown hair and they're looking good and they leave and they're just gray and you know and wrinkles everywhere. Um, it's a tough, tough job. He's not in any place to do it. And he should, they, he and the Democrat party should have been cultivating someone else. So now 
this is the horse they're riding. Um, and you're going to see a whole bunch of um, surrogates for, for the president. Um, in fact, our own Governor Walls was on Meet the Press um, uh, previous Sunday, just a, about a week ago from this recording, um, on Meet the Press speaking uh, with Doug Burgum, who is the one of the Republican presidential candidates. Um, and, and so you're going to see a lot of that, right? You're going to see a lot of people standing in for him, doing the work. I do not think that's going to sit well. And while President Biden was the person to beat Trump, I think the Democrats are making a major miscalculation. I think they're saying they're looking around to other people and saying this is the only person that can beat Trump. We, we tried it already four years ago and we had 16 people and the only person that polled was Biden. I don't think that that is a given any longer. I think that people know what they see. They're very concerned with what they see. We are in an incredibly precarious position. And while there was this huge, we cannot have Trump any longer backlash, um, and I think there will continue to be if he is on the ballot, and I'm very concerned for my own party, I'm not sure it's a given um, that Joe Biden wins again. Just The polls are showing a statistical dead heat between Trump and- I mean, and the, the drama continues. The fallout could be terrible for our nation. And all I can say, because here on the Crisis Files, we do always want to be some sort of beacon of hope. <laughs> we want to prevent crises. I don't know how to prevent this one, Amy, but we do want to have some hope. So the, the best advice I can give, and I'd love your take too, is that people are discerning. They dig around. They don't just take the first report they read about anything uh, as these next months unfold and really ask the questions and challenge your news sources so that you can get at the information. Challenge the candidates if you have the opportunity to speak with them and really find out what their plan is for the country. No, I think that's it's absolutely what we have to do. What I think we're seeing and people always say, well, you know, we don't get a good choice. Our elected officials and our leaders reflect us and people maybe don't want to hear that, but it's true. And so when we become disinterested, when we become distracted, and I know it can get old and it can seem like the elections go on forever, um, but it is our duty as Americans. It's the beauty that, you know, and our ability to make, to cast that vote that we make a we make a really informed decision about that. And there's so much media out there. While the mainstream media is struggling and there's a distrust you know what? Don't don't trust one source. Don't trust two sources. Get five different sources. And yes, you have to do that. You're spending everybody's spending time on their phones and their iPads. You have time to go through and read three or four different stories about about Nikki Haley and about Vivek and about and about Ron DeSantis. You can cover those. Um, and 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 actually. You really should and find out what's going on with Joe Biden, RF Robert Kennedy Jr., right? Like dig into these candidates and find out are they are, right. what are they standing for? And ultimately, it is your life. It is your family's life. It's your livelihood. I mean, that's what's really on the line. Well, as always, Amy Koch, thanks for your insights. And you can hear more from Amy. She referenced uh, a previous conversation we had together back on case file number 31, Leadership Vacuum. It is a gem. So go check that out on the archive, thecrisisfiles.com or where you find podcasts. And if you want to hear more of Amy on a regular basis, go to Wrong About Everything hyphen podcast.com. Thanks so much, Amy. I just love it. Thanks for having me, Rashini. Share this episode with your friends. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for our archive as well as special video segments. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Crisis Files. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.